0: Ah, beloved, I'm Pastor Trey, and you're now listening to the New Living Translation. It's this bona Bonafide Bible Talk, because God speaks my language too, and I'm sure enough about to act like it. Let's go. We're going to try something new. We're going to try to translate our way through a whole book of the Bible. That's right the whole thing. Not on one episode though, I'm still trying to keep this short, because I don't know about y'all, I will be struggling with longer podcasts sometimes, so I'm not going to make a longer podcast that I would struggle to listen to myself. No, we're going to break this down into nice digestible chunks, because we were not raised by wolves, and we do not ravage our food. So, what we're going to do over the next four episodes, is break down the book of Jonah, Now, why am I picking Jonah? That is a fantastic question. Y'all are very engaged today, and I am so grateful for your participation. I picked the book of Jonah because it is fascinating. It is one of the few stories in the Hebrew portion of the Bible that Jesus directly references, like unambiguously points towards in both the Gospel of Matthew and Luke's Gospel. talks about i'm not giving them no sign but the sign of jonah which the gospel authors then point out that oh he's talking about being in the ground for three days and three nights whatever i'm not here to talk about that particular aspect directly at least not yet but when i read jesus talking about the sign of jonah i go back and i read the story of jonah and it is so daggone fascinating it's even kind of fun at times And a lot of times we miss this because people are, in my humble opinion, worried about the wrong things, about the historicity of whether or not a prophet Jonah was in the belly of a fish or a whale, whatever your tradition taught you, for three days and three nights, worried about whether or not that's scientifically possible. And I think that that's a concern that honestly distracts us from the richness of this story of Jonah. There's so much going on here. This amazing. So here's my goal. What I'm going to attempt to do is over the next four episodes, take you through this entire story of Jonah, the highs, the lows, more amusing parts. Actually, they're all pretty amusing parts. And then I want to put that in context for what Jesus might have been pointing towards in totality. But we'll get there eventually. Our first step is to start at the beginning. So without any further ado, on this here episode of the New Living Translation, we are about to have us some bona fide Bible talk about Jonah chapter one. You ready? Let's go. And there was a word from God given to Jonah, son of Amittai. Saying, get up and head to Cap City, Nineveh, read them for filth. All that raggedy stuff they got going on is my business now. But Jonah hightailed it in the other direction, out towards Tarshish, trying to get away from God. He went down to Joppa and he found a cargo ship heading to Tarshish. So he paid his way and hopped on that joint with the ship's crew, just to get away from God. But God made it mad windy on the waters. And there was a hurricane that beat up the ship. And the sailors were shook. All of them started shouting out for their own gods. They started tossing stuff overboard, trying to make the ship lighter. Whole time, Jonah way down in the bottom of the ship. Super sleep. So the captain ran down to Jonah like, How you sleep right now? Get your tail up and start praying to your God like everybody else on this boat. Maybe your God will actually care about us so we don't end up dead out here. Everybody on the ship said, "No, it's time to find out who messed us over. Let's draw straws to see who's taking the charge. So they drew straws. And Jonah drew the short straw. So they said to Jonah, "Hi, right, bro. Fess up. Why is this happening? What you do? Where are you from? Who are your people? And Jonah said, I'm a Hebrew. we God-fearing people. The God of heaven who made the water and the land. And that just made them more shook. They said, Bro, why you do this? Because they knew he was running from God. He told them. So they said, What we got to do to calm the waters? Because stuff was getting even worse. Jonah told them, Throw me in. And the water's gonna calm down. This hurricane is all my fault. Still, the men worked even harder to get back to land. But they couldn't. Because the storm will not working in their favor. So they cried out to Jonah's guy. God, please don't kill us for this man's mess. And don't put no innocent blood on us. Because this is what you wanted. So they tossed Jonah overboard. And the hurricane stopped. So the sailors... Believing in Jonah's God on that day. He made an offering and pledged to serve God. Meanwhile, God sent a big old fish to swallow Jonah. Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. Jonah, you doofus. We got to talk about the raggediest escape attempt in the history of ever. Like, if you're familiar with the story of Jonah, then you know that by the time we get to chapter four, Jonah actually explains why he does what he does here in chapter one in escaping. But we haven't gotten there yet. Right now, as we're focusing on the story as presented, we have the fact that Jonah was given an instruction by God and Jonah was like, nope, not doing it. Now, as a father of children who act like they parents, I'm very familiar with the nope, not doing it reaction. But I'm not that familiar with the nope, not doing it. And I'm going to go all the way over there to make sure, you know, I'm not doing it reaction. Like I haven't gotten that one yet. Like I've never told my son, buddy, go tell your sister to come here and have my son leave the house and run to the auto zone down the street. Like that hasn't happened in my personal experience. This is a different level of hard headed or hard hearted, depending on who you're asking a different level of hard-headedness from what I'm used to seeing. It rises to the level of absurdity. And the story tells us that Jonah didn't just run anywhere convenient. It says he went down to a port and found this ship going all the way out to Tarshish and he paid his fare. Jonah paid actual money, like reached into his pocket, paid his fare and got on this boat. I'm not sure if I've ever wanted to not do something enough to pay my actual money, to make sure that I did not do that thing. But that's where Jonah ends up. And it says that he's on this ship. And while he's on this ship, this crazy storm breaks out. Some translations use the word tempest. I use the word hurricane because I live down here in South Florida. And that's the craziest storm I'm most familiar with. But I don't think that the word itself is as important as the idea that they was in a boat in the middle of the water during a giant windstorm. So we got all these waves, all this stuff. I got married on a boat one time. It was a very small boat and we could feel all of the waves in a way I was not anticipating because I don't spend a lot of time on boats. So I'm sitting there trying to imagine being in the middle of a boat as a giant storm is going on. And that's where Jonah finds himself in this story somehow sleep like while everybody is going down fretting for their welfare afraid for their lives jonah is asleep not a worry in the world just dead to the fact (laughs) that people's lives are hanging in the balance here now it's important to note that this story is told in such a way that makes it abundantly clear that jonah is a Hebrew, that he is a God-fearing man, that he worships the Lord of the heavens and the earth. But we soon discover that he's the only person in this part of the story that that applies to, or any part of the story, at least in the beginning. That's the way it starts out, because the story tells us that everybody starts crying out to their own gods. The inference there is that they're pagan people or heathens, that they have their own local gods that they believe in. And they start crying out to whoever that is, Odin, Thor, who, I don't know. I, I'd imagine in my mind, this is where I went to, but they wasn't Norse. So that's not who they were really crying out to. But they start crying out to all of these gods and nothing's working. And finally, they like, hey, where that dude? that paid his way on this ship he's not doing nothing where is he at and they find him sleeping in like if you don't get your sorry um if you don't get up and 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 who is your god who do you worship maybe if you like help and cry out to him our fate will be a little bit different here this is serious we, we got to try something man and somebody's like yo i got this idea let's cast lots to find out whose fault this is right the hebrew translation is usually rendered as casting lots but if you're anything like me, you don't really know what that looked like. Like I done Googled and YouTube, and people will give you an idea of what casting lots is, but I can't find the actual picture or video of nobody doing that. Most people compare it to throwing dice. But even then, like, I don't know, I wasn't really good at shooting dice or playing crafts. So I just rendered it as drawing straws here, picking straws, because same effect here. You're using some human mechanism to find out a divine ordinances i don't know you get the idea where we're going from and they're like hey this is what we're gonna do to find out whose fault this is and they do it and they're like jonah it's your fault i'd imagine it was pretty easy for everybody to believe that because ain't nobody know nothing about jonah he was acting mad weird he paid his way onto this ship that was not no cruise ship it wasn't no pleasure barge and he's sleeping in the middle of a storm so come on dude fess up tell us who you are where you came from like why is this happening and jonah's like "I, you caught me I'm a prophet of the Lord, the God of everything, really. And um, if y'all remember earlier, I was talking about how I was running from that God. And that's how I ended up here. And I'm guessing that guy is kind of upset. And long story short, this is all my fault, my bad. And they're like, oh, man, come on. What 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 do we do about this? Like, how do we fix your mess? And he's like, honestly, you got to throw me overboard. And I read the story. It says that they, they tried to get back to land harder. In my mind, they're like, no, we're not throwing nobody overboard. Like, that's crazy. We're not savages. Why would we do something like that? So they try to get back to land, and it's not working. they're like, hey, um, you know what, Jonah? You might be on to something. I'm sorry. Jonah's guy, if you're listening, this ain't really on us. Uh, we tried everything else. So um, peace. And they toss Jonah overboard. And it says that the storm stopped and everybody's like, that is bananas because we cried out to our gods. We tried what we knew and nothing was happening until we did what this prophet of the Lord, whoever that is said, and that worked. So maybe this God is on to something. It says that they went and made an offering immediately that they pledged that they essentially converted to followers of Jonah's God after they tossed Jonah overboard to his own death. That's not the end of the story, because we find out that God had prepared a fish to swallow and in essence to save, to protect Jonah. So in this first chapter of Jonah, we learn about the faithfulness of Jonah's God. Even in the face of his own unfaithfulness, we learn that this God is faithful not only to make God's self known to all of these people, but faithful to protect Jonah from his own foolishness. And that's that's worth celebrating. Let me pray with you. Almighty God, we thank you for the fact that you are the God of Jonah. A God whose faithfulness knows no limits. That you are not even restrained by our own unfaithfulness, our own reticence, our own hardheadedness. God, we thank you that even when we're asleep and dead to the problems of those around us, that your faithfulness yet calls and that even when we dive headfirst into the madness and chaos, that because of your faithfulness, your safety and salvation will find us even there. So give us hearts to perceive of your faithfulness in whatever situations we might find ourselves in. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Translation is a production of Three Black Men, the podcast about theology, culture, and the world around us. You can follow us on Twitter at Three Black Men. That's the number three, not spelled out, black men. You can find me on all social media platforms at Pastor Trey05. That's Pastor Trey05. Don't send me no Facebook requests, though. Like, I don't be over there. That's the bad place. This work has been made possible by a community of folks who've chosen to show their support through generosity. You can join us at patreon.com slash three black men. Spell three out that time, no. patreon.com slash three black men. There you can find even more original content from Sam, Rob, and yours truly. Make sure you subscribe to, rate, and review the New Living Translation and Three Black Men wherever you get your podcast. And remember, real recognize real. Don't get caught looking unfamiliar.